You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. I watched the last two episodes of the book of Boba Fett and um, you know, as we all have, and I can't decide if uh, the depiction of Luke in that show is a betrayal of um, his character as, as shown in the original trilogy, or if, you know, his, his inability to teach effectively is just a result of the fact that he knows, like he, he was trained. He, he had very little training from Obi-Wan and Yoda. I mean, everything he knows is either, you know, probably from them and let's face it they, they they probably are still pretty big on that like no attachment stuff or ahsoka who also seems to be pretty big on no attachment i guess because of what she, you know she knows what happens to vader um or what he read in jedi texts which probably you know also have a lot of no attachment stuff so i don't know if it's just the logical evolution of his character or um if like they really just kind of betrayed you know the the luke that we know in the original trilogy so yeah thoughts i think for me uh, my thoughts pretty much were you said you sent this, this message to our group chat and I was like I haven't seen it I watched it and then you were texting while I was watching it and I was like oh no uh, <laughs> and I think my sort of conclusion was that it seems like they're trying to reconcile OT Luke and prequels prequels Sequel and, and prequels Sequel. no seek no like what we know of the prequels with the sequels and the fact that Luke was never told what happened to his father as far as we know we don't know why he well ahsoka ahsoka probably told him sometime off screen at this point right they seem to already yeah. have a pre-existing relationship so i would assume she told him i was gonna say does she really even know what happened to his father she wasn't there i mean she can she can she can kind of guess based on what she knows of anakin but she wasn't in revenge of the sith so she doesn't actually know no not exactly but i think i think that uh, the Clone Wars season seven establishes that yeah. she's aware that he went through some shit and she probably, and she probably knew that he, he and Padme were an item and she uh, would have heard that Padme died. So she, it wouldn't have taken a lot for her to put together, not that he killed her, but, it, but that uh, her death sort of turned to the dark side. So yeah. we do know that she has contact with Obi-Wan and she knows about Luke and leia or no we don't, we don't know if she has any that. contact with obi-wan if i had to guess i'd say she probably doesn't i don't think anybody has contact with obi-wan because if we see in well okay she she was technically kind of dead kind of uh when when they're when they when ezra and kanan and them are looking for obi-wan but it sounds like nobody's seen obi-wan since like order 66. so i have to guess that she yeah i know you haven't seen rebels so at this point at this point <laughs> in the Star Wars universe in this galaxy has the Book of Fett made such a mess that it won't matter, or is this gonna is this gonna be like a huge tightening of ship? Like, Episode seven was barfing emoji <laughs> face. Like uh, we were so we were just dragging it in our group chat, and I think that what my opinion boiled down to was. This is great if you want to, if you, your kids, if you want to put something on for your nine year old that they don't mm. need to think about because it was a romp. It was fun, but like, God, Robert Rodriguez's action is so like canned and 
Yeah. You got to remember, he's the guy who directed Lava Girl and Shark Boy. So but who he gets, has. No, but but no, that's no, all. I'm just saying. I'm saying he has a reputation for doing a lot of kid-friendly stuff, and this is basically. Boba Fett dads and their little Rancor kids or vice that's versa. That's not my point. That's not my point, though. My point is that it's got I don't no ever motivation. It's got no heart. It's so very... Formulaic? Not formulaic. It's just shallow. The storytelling is, your, is so shallow. Is your point also that you never want to see those multicolored, like, five-mile-an-hour moving scooters ever again? Jesus Christ. Because that's... <laughs> Like the most interesting part of the episode, like what's this whole angle? I am like, the, like they the Bryce Dallas Howard episode, episode five was so good. Like, yeah. Uh, and the whole thing with like, oh, the dark saber's got weight. You know, you could make the argument that it would be easier for a force user to wield. You know, uh, but them just abandoning and not even exploring that at all. And he just is able to use it, but not super effectively. And he's using it. He's like swinging it so wildly swinging it with fucking Luke in episode five. And like, uh, yeah, Revenge of the good. Okay. Good. Not, or, I, I, Empire strikes back. Sorry. He's not like you. He's using it like someone who doesn't have weapons training when he was just the previous couple episodes, a couple like, or at the end of the Mandalorian season two was swinging the spear around like a fucking badass. You bring up something very interesting, and and that was, you know, you're saying Mando's skills with a lightsaber are terrible, and and the proof of that is that he swings the, the dark saber like Luke in Empire Strikes Back. I think that 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 shows just how little training Luke has in the ways of the Jedi. So I don't kind of back to our original point. I don't know if you can really say that it's it's you know it's not in keeping with his character that he would be you know that he wouldn't be a, a great teacher. Because he's had very little instruction in mm -hmm. anything. I think it's because that I think if if there had been no legends, I think you could you'd be more it'd be easier to say, okay, I see this as the natural progression of Luke. The problem is in legends, Luke went off and he was like amazing and he he didn't follow the old order and he started he, he you know he kind of plotted his own course. But I mean, I think some of that was written before the prequels had come out and George Lucas had established the Jedi code and you know their emphasis on non-attachment. So Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Leia his first student? You guys know the theology and the mythology better than I do. In canon, we don't know, but it would stand to reason because in Rise of Skywalker, Leia's only pregnant with, with Kylo Ren. And according to the Aftermath books, she has him like like maybe a year, if that, after um, the Battle of Endor. So yeah, Leia could be his first student. But what do we see of his training of her? They were just like, she's you know, She sparring. fucking lived in... She's survived in space dude you do not question leia's mastery of the force it's clear she is a master i think the force yeah but that doesn't force... mean that that's that's not necessarily a result of his training though mm -hmm. that could just be something that she cultivated on her own or just an innate skill that she has i mean it doesn't necessarily mean luke was a good trainer so i think with i think with what you're saying is first of all we need to we're theory we're theorizing a little too much we're theorycrafting a little too much <laughs> what i'll say is uh the force is just used in the was only was used in the sequels as a MacGuffin, like it was the thing that it was a plot device that allowed it that was used to do things that would otherwise not be plausible. Like you couldn't, people, someone couldn't survive that what Leia went through, and it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that it's Leia, right? And her being trained in between and in not being mentioned, you know what? Fine, I've sort of accepted that. I've accepted that that thing, and that is probably the, that is the most plausible thing that happens in 
in the last Jedi for me that she's she was trained up and was able to use the force in that way. Uh, but for me, uh, the the issue at hand with the Book of Boba Fett, just to you know tighten up our conversation, is that it has, in essence, all of the heart and emotion of that final those like that the whole of the mandalorian season two but especially that those final two episodes where it's like it establishes that okay we got to get him back or like we we have to let him go you know we we save him but he's not safe with us anymore he's not safe with me with dinjarin so he has to give him up and then it opened the window for so much so many possibilities like he can't just go back to being a bounty hunter not now not after everything he's seen and now it's like so the kids back with him like everything all of the emotional weight of the mandalorian season two is like flushed down the toilet oh like like the only good part of that up that second that final episode like the droid the giant droidicas were cool but like other than that i think of essentially the, a kaiju the, fight man yeah it was essentially a kaiju fight it, it was so fucking boring and uh like I mean, everybody loves the boy lame. in his rancor. Like they're, it's like they're trying to. There's, there's too. They be, they introduce too many characters too quickly. Like if they had yeah. given us time to marinate on these, uh, on these cyborgs and Kersantan or the Gamorians or whoever. And I understand, yes, the money, the toys, whatever. But I'm sorry, it's still this is still the core, right? These types of things and like. That sort of laissez-faire attitude you have, kind because you sort of dismissed it as, you know, the it's, the, the, what, the it's the, the business. The sad, the sad parts of fucking late stage yeah. capitalism, fucking fine, but it doesn't change yeah. the fact that they made that ultimately they made a shitty show. They, like the Book of Boba Fett sucked. There's no oh, what do you mincing words. What do you think about the depiction of Luke? Like that's kind of what I was getting. at. What do you think of Luke embracing this whole no attachment thing? Because he's just doing the exact same thing Yoda and Obi Wan did. And mm -hmm. he's making. But do you think that's a natural progression for Luke based it, on what yeah, we know I don't now? Think or... so. I don't think so because it boiled down to, you know, you don't. There's no ab. It like I feel like the uh, when I think of Return of the Jedi, which uh, in my opinion, like it's not my favorite. Empire is my favorite, but Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie in my opinion. And mm. because what like that final like Luke's arc in that movie boils mm -hmm. down to like my father can be saved obi-wan was wrong obi-wan admits to being wrong admits that i could he could have done things differently or better when he was training anakin uh but furthermore and luke sort of in the, by the end of that movie the, the sense you get from luke and when i've watched it before even before this like luke has sort of decided that i'm he's not going to uh be he's not going to try and be obi-wan and or yoda or his father he's going to try to do something different and something that's going to work for the way the galaxy is now but he's just ends up doing the same thing that yoda does and obi-wan does and he, he preaches he literally boils down grogu's choice to an absolute he makes him choose but forcing people to choose is what led to anakin falling to the dark side because he was forced to choose and Luke's arc being this, it is, in my opinion, logical only if you take a Ryan Johnson-sized leap, and then it's logical with the sequel trilogy. It's not logical with the originals, you know, because we have no 
bearing or information on where this information's come from and why it is Luke has decided suddenly to trust it. I know? assume Ahsoka. That's the only. That's the only. Yeah, place but this information that doesn't. But from. that. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that because Ahsoka left the Jedi Order because of their unwillingness, their because of their willingness to deal in absolutes because they were so ready to just put like drop the hammer on someone when they didn't have all the information. That was hers, her arc in the Clone Wars, which was made long before the Book of Boba Fett was even planned or announced, I should say. Like, but they didn't she say in? In the last season of The Mandalorian, wasn't she like, I'm not, I can't train Grogu because he's, he's too attached to you. And basically that, I know how, I know where that leads kind of, you know, referring to Vader. So even though that was her arc, I agree. It seems like they're trying to present an Ahsoka here that would, would kind of be against attachment. Hence would, could convey that kind of viewpoint to Luke. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I, this is not how I, I imagined Luke's journey going. Legends is much better. I'm just trying to trying to make sense of what they're doing and is there, a, to, is there a logical way i'm trying to, to make sense to of get it too. there i'm trying to make sense of it too and i think my opinion on luke is it's like just so he's so milk toast he's so samey right he's gonna build a temple fucking great cool like all of the heart of luke becoming a teacher what if you can read between the lines of who's the, who is the teacher he is after this and before the events of the last Jedi, right? Or like, or who was the, what kind of teacher he is? And you're trying to read between the lines. And what I got was he was trying to do what worked and avoid what didn't work or adapt it, right? But all this show is showing is proving is that he just did the exact same thing. And then he was like, Pikachu face that it worked out the exact same way with the Jedi Order being crushed by the dark side. Just happened in well, 30 years, not 5,000. But to be fair, to be fair, his unwillingness to change or go in a different direction isn't why Kylo Ren felt... We actually have no idea why Kylo Ren uh, started listening to Snoke. And right. the real reason he switched is because Luke in the real, in a real, inexplic- in a really inexplicable action thought about maybe killing him, which yeah. I mean... I mean, they're never going to be able to explain that. Yeah, and they've so, never explained. They haven't explained it either. Right. Yeah. And they haven't explained how Luke gets from this hopeful place he seems to be in in Book of Boba Fett to The Last Jedi. And furthermore, or or the other option is that Grogu choosing attachment sort of starts Luke on that path. So one, I totally see where you guys are coming from about this Luke thing. And it's funny because um I want and I want to get to also what I think would be a good solution for a lot of what you brought up, Sam. And I think it would be a, a classy solution as well. Um, but I would say um, in regards to Luke's journey, I kind of look, I'm looking at it and I'm like, but yeah, this is how it goes. This is, this is how it goes for students of a faith or an idea or a religion. First, you're mystified by it then you train in it, then you get frustrated, then you find your master, then you get trained by the master and you grow and you have these, per- and then you have a lapse and then you commit to it, recommit to it again. And then you get to an ascended position of, of understanding. And this is, and then you become a teacher. And then as a teacher, you fuck up and you grow from that. 
and your faith grows as well in in the in those failures as a teacher and those failures as uh, more than failures as a student. So to me, this seems like a very natural progression in his journey. Um, and then later on, when you grow even more and you become even more open, you learn to stop thinking in absolutes and us and them, and you become more um, chill, I guess, and for a lack of a better term, more liberal. Uh, or you can go hard the other way and you can become more conservative. But right now, I think Luke is at his um, his graduate level MSA dude-bro-ness, where he is very adherent to the texts and very adherent to, you know, uh, gender segregation. And I'm talking from like a Muslim university student uh, context. And that's that's basically how he is right now. He's in his his orthodox. He's in his basically his orthodox stage, and he's likely to loosen up. And then he goes into green milk titty sucking later on. And that's and that's just a natural progression of faith, you know. Um, but to go to, to answer some of Sam's queries about what happened. I think a very classy solution to this would be a collection of animated shorts that basically give snapshots of Luke's journey with with Leia and, and Han. And it would be nice if they were also silent features, the way the old Star Wars cartoons were um, back in the Clone Wars days. Those were those little shorts, a series of those of Leia becoming his student. You don't have to have her recast if you don't want to. That's why they can be silent for all those bitches out there who complain about recasting or just fucking recast everybody. Mark Hamill can play Luke. If Thing wants to come back as as um, Anakin, he can do that. If Thing wants to come back as, um, as Han Solo, sure, whatever. You can do all that. Sam Jackson can be back if you want for no reason. What the hell? Um, let him play somebody else. But what I'm saying is it's a possibility. It's, Animation would be a nice choice to would be a nice choice to to answer some of these questions. You don't have to rely on creepy CG. Um. So, are you saying that Ray is destined to also make the same mistakes? I think Ray is that generation who goes back to the text, and it's going to be a whole cycle again. And speaking of Ray, did. Did Baby Yoda get more on-screen training time than Ray did in three movies? Fucking yeah, he did. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing with with Baby with with Grogu is that, as Luke says, he was just helping him remember. So even though it was short, um, I think that's the only difference. I think they probably got about the same. I mean, Luke didn't get Luke didn't get a whole lot of training either. I think what's interesting is like I've seen com I, I've seen different comments and people kind of online and people kind of complaining about the training that he gives Grogu. But I, the training he gives Groku is literally the same training that he got from Obi Wan and Yoda. So nostalgia it's not porn. That he would, yeah, I just that. I mean, like it, it's not that it, like it. Of course he would use though. Of course he would use that that training droid and run through the jungle. That's the only thing he knows about training a Jedi. <laughs> that's how he got trained. Yeah. No, because he's for him to turn to grow. All that's left is for him to turn to Grogu and be like, "You need to go fight your father." Yeah. And then he's done the exact. He's had the exact same journey as Luke. even the way, even the way it was filmed. That scene in Episode Five or Episode uh, Six, sure, it was 
it was very much like static camera moving stuntman like the flips are so like he pauses and then he flips and it's so canned favreau and filoni have always been about reinvention and i think we can sort of evolve our argument right our discussion right now they've always mm. been about the reinvention what mandalorian did so well it was it was recognizable but they it was they weren't reinventing the wheel it was something we sort of could understand the bounty hunter angle uh but then it was new because the, the character was new and his motivation was new and it was all these different things like the subplots were different and that sort of made the show very good mandalorian season one is still is a phenomenal season of tv i put up there with the first season of the wire in terms of quality the, or in like fact, the third I, season of game of thrones like, can we please we add can we please add the two mandalorian or the mandalorian episode from book of boba fett because that was a solid episode of television and was, but this is my problem no i i it is yes but the the whole and it like does a great job like the armorer is a villain i think that's pretty clear now the armor is going to so? be a villain next yeah the armor the death death watch is going to be a the villain uh and then din and then the good guys are the mandalorian like exiles or whatever and then uh you know like satine like not satine what's her face um bo katan and everyone sabine. and then sabine sorry thank you uh and bo katan and then uh din is going to get din jaren's going to get caught in the middle um but I think, like, the issue we're having is that they tried they tried too hard to reinvent the wheel. They tried too hard to do something new that we've never seen before. We've never seen underworld navigation or the attempt to in the, the high power negotiations. But it all ended up coming down to they didn't go hard enough on any one story. Like, there was one story. There, there are two. I feel yeah. like. There are two shows in the Book of Boba Fett. One show is the underworld daimyo Moss Espa thing. The other one is Boba Fett choosing to move on from his father's death and letting it go and maybe forgiving uh, Mace Windus in that his own way. He finds the Sand People. They die. He takes revenge on them. And then in season two, he rediscovers himself as the as Boba as Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And how he can like use his his abilities, his skills for good, lack of a bit for like air quotes, good. But what ends up happening is a show that feels both like sparse, but also too busy. And like three mediocre ones. And it's like nothing ha I'm never gonna watch rewatch the first four episodes. It's just not gonna happen. They're so I will, boring. So I was just gonna say this is what happens yeah. when you give um when you give a mediocre character too much fan service you get all sizzle no steak you get nothing but the desperate pleas to connect fathers and children over all sizzle. Wait, all wait, wait, back, wait wait let's back up because kim just said all sizzle no steak like ned flanders <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. you're not going to let this go, are you? Well, let's move on. Uh, the views expressed by Kai do not reflect those held by the Harmonica Brothers at large. And... <laughs> now, Matt, but Matt, you were going to, I was going to agree with you on episodes three to five because we got some good ass Mandalorian theology. Was it anything we didn't know already, though? Like, yeah, don't but, take your helmet off. Uh... But they also, what, I, what I'm sort of disappointed by is the Mandalorian, the faith that they're going in, that they're going in on. 
that this is a faith. It's like a warrior faith. It's like if Bushido was the religion, not just the, the code of honor, which is cool. But explain why, why can't they take off their mask? What's the connection, right? Like, mm. you know, like, like a Sikh person grows and maintains and protects their hair because it's sacred and it connects them to their, to their faith and to their God. Like, why can't Mandal why can't Mandalorians, why shouldn't Mandalorians show their faces? You know, mm -hmm. it is forbidden. Okay. But uh, maybe, and there could, there could have been a moment, like, this is probably the one dig I have at that episode. Uh, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard's proven herself to be, I think, a better, better behind the camera than in front of it. And she was already a pretty good actor. And that episode, that scene, when he, after he's fought uh, Tar Vizsla, there was an opportunity for Din to be like, you. I was never told why I couldn't take it off. And I listened and then I took it off. And now you're, you're cut, kicking me out and you're not even going to tell me why I can't take it off. There could have been a moment there mm -hmm. where the, the armorer gets just like, shows some emotion and is like, get the fuck out of my sight. Like, and we didn't get that. And yeah, they'll probably do it in the next season of Mandalorian, whatever. It'll come out in a couple months. But so far we haven't gotten a hell of a lot on Din's motivation. What's he want? What's he want? What's what's the goal now that essentially the, the Grogu is now with him. Grogu is with him permanently, we can assume. So what's the plan? Like next season, uh, next season, unless the, if they don't give him Grogu a voice and the, and like, he suddenly like ages up because force, I don't know, because like he finally works through his trauma of being a, like almost a victim to order 66. And he comes out of it and he's finally like awake again and alive and talking and being himself. Uh, or who he's supposed to be, not like a fucking like toddling baby. What's the show about if that doesn't happen? If there isn't that progression? Because all the progression of season two got flushed down the toilet by this show. That's true. That's true. And I didn't, I was so focused on Luke and what was going on with him that I didn't even really stop to think about that. But yeah, it's true. Yeah. I got to say, I find like it very fascinating. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, go ahead, Matt. No, it's going to be like it would be. It's very much like if you know Luke and, and Vader had had that scene at the end, and then you know right after, which we, which we end up now we're probably going to see because Hayden Christensen's just going to pop up as a Force ghost probably in the Ahsoka show or whatever. But it would be like him showing up alive, being like, "Hey, yeah, I know we had that moment, but it's all good now." I think, <laughs> I think I think what's happening is Star Wars is turning into a comic book, and that and in that deaths are never going to stick, uh, nothing's ever going to stick. Things are just going to happen, and then they're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to take a step back and, and, and forget it ever happened. I think that's kind of the direction we're heading in here. I want to say, first off, I think the, the, go just going quickly back to what Sam said about the theology thing. I find it really fascinating. The comparisons they're making between the Jedi and the, and the uh, Mandalorian faith. And he's just like, he goes, non-attachment. He's like, just, but that goes against what we, what we, believe you know we believe in in brotherhood we believe in connection and i was just like oh that's good i like that and i like that luke and mando have that same level of faith as well and commitment to their faith i find i think that's a very fascinating thing and i hope if luke comes back that's the only reason why um but going on going back to what matt just said i think what you just said about them about death not sticking that would mean that star wars is turning into the x-men and they are going and luke is basically their wolverine and they or mando is their wolverine and they're going to stick him in everything and 
characters aren't gonna die, even though like the, they solved the mutant, no more mutant thing. There are so many more stories you can tell other than bringing Jean Grey back over and over again, which is why I just quit the X-Men. So I was, I, I hope that doesn't happen to Star Wars where there's a big enough galaxy that you do not have to go anywhere near these planets again. You don't have to go back to Tatooine. If you, <laughs> we're going back in the Obi-Wan show. They just released the poster. I think it comes out in May. And we're going right back to Tatooine. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Can we... Like, I'm just saying, it's a big galaxy. Can, like, let's, let's get away from these characters. I think that's what's going to save Star Wars. If we just get away from this family, get away from the Skywalkers, get away from uh, this, this damn planet. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know for a planet that's so far that was supposed to be so remote, um, it seems like a lot of stuff happens there. <laughs> Tell us about Peacemaker because you 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 feel very strongly about it. I don't know if I'm Homer Simpson laughing at Hans Moleman getting hit in the groin, or whether I truly think John Cena really deserves that Emmy. But give that man the ten thousand um, dollars. I I'm so impressed by this show. This show has the spirit that I wish, um, and the com not the commitment, but I think this show got the spirit of what I felt that Preacher should have been and how outlandish it could have been. Um, I think there was, there was a bit too, like Preacher got a bit too adaptational um, and it lost the spirit a little bit. I think this show is that perfect vertigo experience it's a totally there's like you know they they do some bold stuff and i mean it is wonderful um the opening sequence i watch it every single time because that dance routine by the whole cast is delightful love it um yeah i can't i don't know what they're doing wrong in the show it's and john cena is a good fucking actor man uh, James Gunn is the wrestling whisperer. I say give him, give him who's who's got a lot of character. Who's got a give a, oh, give no, him the we rock? Like what wrestler has? Yeah, because that's a wrestler he hasn't worked with yet. Right? He's worked Batista, working with Cena. Yeah, you gotta get rock, James yeah. Gunn for the next uh, Shazam movie, and you give him the Rock as Black Adam, and I don't know what he'll turn it into, but it will be enjoyable. Uh, he, it's just such a it's such a great show. Um, I've also been watching uh, Vox Machina uh, along with Sam. That has been a that show is good enough that it got me to listen to the to the original podcasts, which are hours upon hours long. But I've the characters are so good that I'm just like, all right, fuck it, I'm in. I want to know more about this now. And so, highly recommend Vox Machina to anyone who is into that sort of thing. I've also really, really enjoyed the season of Dota or D-O-T-A, uh, Dragon Blood. It is really freaking cool. I don't know what the games are about, but this anime, um, I'm in. Um, this, is, this is the type of anime I like. Um, it's got a great style, great action, great characters. I, and I've been watching this show and I don't know why, but I can't stop. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, I got sucked in and I can't stop now, guys. 
I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna continue watching. Uh, so I I I, tr I watched the first season, which is by far, or the first episode. Let me rephrase, which is by far the most tame it is. It just goes off the deep end so fast. Um, yes, it does. I've heard I've considered watching it for a long time, but like you know the show if you spent more than five minutes on the internet and you have a couple of friends who like anime, like you know the show from the gifts alone. It's just a romp. And I know it's fun. It's like the equivalent of like watching like M like MTV's uh like uh the real world, but for anime. It's like the anime equivalent of the real world. It's just oh so much itself. And I know that that's why people like it, and it's just so exaggerated, and that's why it's fun. And I, I think a show like that. So, yeah, it's it's just that mm. I I don't know if the show is aware of how absurd it is. That's that's what I'm concerned about. I'm like, are they really trying to get me to believe that these Japanese guys yelling bastardo? Oh, because they're all mafioso, which is the only way they say mafia, mafioso, and absurd that these guys dressed like freaking court jesters and clowns are stand users who are mafioso and every outfit and power gets more absurd than the next and i'm just like i can't it's i can't stop watching it it's so i i warn you guys it is a great background noise uh tv show it is on Netflix, and it is a great... It's a good show when you need to turn off your brain, and you just want bright, colorful shit on the screen. I would like to shout out the fact that I'm rereading... Just just in, like, like you know, five or ten pages here or there, because I've read it so many times. I'm re... I've, and I also bought my my first copy of it, of the set, of the first five books, since I got rid of my copies when I was a little kid. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. You guys were, you guys are a little old, you're a little, you're older than I am, of course, but you guys wouldn't have crossed it because it was YA fiction when I was a kid, came out in 2005. I worked in a bookstore, dude. <laughs> so, doesn't mean you read it. My point is, though, because they're, they're obviously, it a lot. Uh, in, they're in pre-production for the, the TV show on Disney Plus, oh. and uh, yeah, it's going to start production in mid-2022, uh, and Rick Reardon is so on board and like, he doesn't have to be involved, but the, the showrunner mm -hmm. was like, I want you there for production in every episode. Like, and which the they didn't do for those, you know, those two movies that are of M, Latin, uh, that are of M. Night Shyamalan quality, if you know what I'm saying. I will uh, say, I hope, I sincerely hope, because you've expressed numerous times how important these books are to you. I sincerely yeah. hope that this adaptation will fill your heart with the same joy and bring the books to life the way you I want. think that I think that Disney Plus has proven that it's a uh, it's pretty good for adapting stuff and adapting stuff for kids. Mm. Uh, and Percy Jackson is a series that it's because that it's written in first person. The first those first five books by Percy mm. Jackson. He's a twelve. He starts out at twelve and he's sixteen I by the end. I tried reading them. I tried my reading point, them. But my point is, it's it's not written at a child or at a 12 year old it's written for a 12 year old which mm -hmm. i think is the sense that like when you're when you i don't know if you guys but i remember when i was 12 it was only it was oh, i was my i was halfway through my life and uh, as it is now and i'm like i wasn't an idiot i wasn't like a kid like being like childish i was 12 it's a you're a young adult by that point and i think them having the freedom they do and like 
you know, we're getting a lot of stuff that's adapted that's based on TV shows right now. We're getting Lord of the or books, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power is coming out soon. And that they released all those character images and fucking Galadriel and a big ass suit of armor looking hot in like a, a kill. I'm looking forward to her killing me, not in like a sexual way. Uh, like there's there's dwarves, there's lady dwarves. Finally, there's black dwarves. Finally, black elves, black hobbits. Um uh it, just the whole thing about shows coming out now i have to watch the expanse and the, the final season's been coming out and it's almost over like god there's a lot of there's still a lot of good tv there's a lot of mediocre tv but there's still a lot of good tv too yeah and legend of vox machina oh my god i watched it i woke up i brushed my teeth sat down watched it and they're pulling lines and scenes right out of the show like it's so fucking good and I, I actually there was a couple there's a couple parts in this Liz Block episodes though Matt to sort of give you some support. There's yeah. the swearing a little much at, at times. It just doesn't. It's coming in out of nowhere. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that I hate. You know, when people just swear for the sake of swearing. Yeah, like when when I, Grog I, I just, calls someone taint like taint face. That's funny. But when she, like you know she says something. Uh, one like when Pike says something really inspirational in like the ninth episode, the last episode of the walks, the ones that came out today. Oh, it came out. Today. So, something really inspirational, and then she like cuts it with "Let's fucking do this." It's like you could have just said "Let's do this," and it would have had this. Yeah. It would have had a better effect. It's like mm. there was swearing in the original, but even in those little times like that, the swearing fit when they're doing it like this in the VO booth. It's sounding or in the VO, it's coming off a little canned. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what I said when, you know, we, we were talking about Star Trek, uh, you know, specifically Picard and, and those kind of things, where it's like, it was almost like they, they added swearing because they're like, ooh, look, we're not like on network television anymore. We can swear now. It's like, but unless there's a reason to, unless it actually helps the scene, mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. Picard you know, doesn't strike me as somebody who curses. And if he does, it's well, in Picard, I meant I meant the show, not like oh, okay. the character, but in the show. Right, there's there's some swearing, and it's just like it, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even always fit. No, not yet, but I think I think soon. Okay. But what did you think of Cad Bane? I thought Cad Bane was cool. I think he was a cool. I think he's a cool character. I I I've I said it they... before. Uh, I've I'll said it. I've said it before. Like the 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 Clone War. I've not seen all of the Clone Wars. I've only seen like the essential viewing. There's so much of it, and it's so dense at times. Like. The little arcs and all the clones and then fucking they all die over the fucking couple of seasons. Like, I don't think I think Rex is like one of two clones to last more than four seasons like that. You named clones, I should say. Um, I don't know. Cody. Cody makes it. But yeah, Rex and Cody. That's it, Rex yeah. and Cody. But uh, my my thing with Cad Bane is that uh, I didn't love the design that they did for him. I think he obviously like the clone wars they look different because it's stylized like fucking Captain yeah who's got a long ass face and beard yeah but they could have made him a little bluer that was my thing i wish he was more blue um but is he that, a fifth? no what the hell is a, he he's a he's a he's duros a he's a duros oh, I thought he was one. A duro. oh okay. okay no no, no. i thought he was one. like somebody did experiments on him or something oh he's a he's no, a sad yeah, he... okay and did he have spiky uh, teeth in the show or in the he... animated he I did. So. He, he did have spiky teeth. Okay. Duros have because Duros are reptilian. That's okay. so they have spiky teeth. Uh, but I think that they kind of put him out like a bitch, and they like yeah they did. Oh, don't worry, he's not dead because you know, as we said, everybody's just but like how it happens. Now. How it happens in that scene with Boba Fett being like with him and Boba being like, "I taught you well," all this shit. Like 
Yeah. I'm sorry. The average Book of Boba Fett viewer hasn't watched all of the Clone Wars and doesn't know that. So and like, this is a way I, to I get them to. Yeah. How much did Boba Fett even interact with Cad Bane? In Not the Clone a lot. Wars? He interacted I, I more with much. the. He interacted more with the uh, the Bosk and uh, yeah, yeah. I know Bosk was there and Bosk uh, and the the, the yeah. lady, the lady, yeah. very very pale. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, um, I got his yeah. his voice bugged me. It should have been. It should have had a um some sort of like a distortion on it. No, that's, that is his voice in the Clone Wars, though. That's yeah. his voice. In the Clone is Wars. his actual? No, I thought it had a. It's the, no, they got the actor who played Cad Bane in the show is the guy who oh. voices Cad Bane. They like, got I the thought it was guy. good, but I thought they would put a filter on it or something. No, oh. whatever. Well, I think like I don't want to really talk about Book of Boba Fett anymore because like there's so much. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. anything about the Book of Boba Fett ever again. Yeah, um, except I mean, unless it. You know, and we're not, yeah, and Mandalorian season three will come along and we're going to talk about it as it is, as the Mandalorian as a separate show. Because for me, like, I think I said, I said it all like three times already. I'll say it for a fourth time. Book of Boba Fett ruined, or like didn't ruin, but it like, it shattered the events of the Mandalorian. It ruined it. It ruined it for me. No, like, <laughs> the, 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 no, it's a good, it's a solid piece though. Are fucked. It's, yeah, it's all fucked. Yeah, at the very least, they should have, even if they thought, like, we want to bring, you know, Grogu back and team him back up with Mandalorian, they could have at least waited till the end of the next season of The Mandalorian. Like, just so yeah. that it felt a little bit more, or, you know. Do it, like, early. halfway and then can deal with something. Now I just want my Luke and Leia Disney cartoon of, of them in Beauty and the Beast style on office training in forests and shit. I just want that show now. And then... Then later on, a final episode is an epilogue where they're raising Ben and Luke, and that and he, Leia is they, the reason. Is the reason Leia becomes the reason Luke rethinks uh, the attachment thing, and he any says event, no Jedi's should have families because of any love. anything that alludes to the sequels is a bad idea because people because it it the we know where how it ends. Like they should have they should, yeah. honestly they should have they wrote Grogu off. They should have never brought him back. I, they should have washed their hands and said, we, we'll tell you what happens to Grogu in 15 years when we figure out what happened to him. Like this way, they're like, they just want to, I think they want Grogu, but they don't want Luke. So that's why they wrote this. That's probably, that's in my opinion, the only reason they wrote, they made this show to get Grogu back. Cause they realized they fucked themselves because they realized what we had all realized when we were watching it. They realized too late that, oh, if he's there, does that mean Grogu's dead? Like, do you yeah, think? Do you think that's? Um, do you think that's uh, the creator's fault or Disney's fault? Doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant. It is irrelevant to the point. Mm, okay. There is a mid credit scene in chapter seven. I didn't see it. Uh, in the mid credits, in the mid credit scene, Cobb Vanth oh, is healed. Yeah. Yeah, Cobb Vanth is healed He's by healed. Yeah. In, in Fett's back to tank and the mod artist cybernetic yeah. enhancements. Okay, cool. Yeah. That makes me happy. I like Cobb Vanth. Which one was he? Uh, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, good for him! They saved the Marshall. hair. He's they good. He's a good hair. character. He's like he's. I think the best character to come out of season two. Um, yeah. You know, because he's got like a lot of agency. I I think like so, I can't remember what's Sasha Banks's character's name. I can never remember. I don't remember. But like her character, maybe if she'd had a little more screen time, a little more agency, a little yeah. more dialogue, I would feel differently. Because I love. Which one was she? She was like Bo Katan's like sidekick. Uh, okay, yeah. 
still an interesting character, but mm-hmm. uh, Cobb Vanth was by far the, the breakout star of season two. 